thank you for your attention and your attendance in coming back this afternoon. I'm sorry you have to hear me twice in a row. I know it's hard to take. But the lesson this evening will be short, I believe. But I, I wanted to talk about and Nebuchadnezzar and look at the character of the man. There's a lot we can find in the scriptures about Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, most notably in Daniel, we find that there were two dreams he has, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but it's not the dreams that's important for the lesson this afternoon. It's the man himself and what God used this man for and how God changed this man through his life. Nebuchadnezzar was born some 600 years before Christ. He reigned approximately 50 years, so 550 to 600 years before Christ is when Nebuchadnezzar was, was reigning in Babylon. You'll see there on our little chart, if I know how to do this, yes, see that there's Daniel. The book of Daniel talks about Nebuchadnezzar a lot, and Daniel's time and reign, or prophesying, was during the same sort of time that Nebuchadnezzar was there, a little bit longer, actually. Nebuchadnezzar is extremely unique in that he was a heathen. He was not part of the Israelite people. He was not part of the plan of bringing Jesus Christ to fruition. He wasn't of the seed of Abraham. No, he was a heathen. He was an idolater. He lived in Babylon. And yet the Bible speaks of him some 80 references. Not probably as many references as most of the characters that we talk about in the Old Testament. He's mentioned in 2 Kings and 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. He's mentioned some 80 times. And so I think it's interesting to look at why this man was so important that the scriptures would take this much time and this much effort to talk about him. We find in Jeremiah that there's an extensive reference to how God will use Nebuchadnezzar to punish Israel, the heathen nations that abused Israel. At the end of Jeremiah, the destruction of Babylon is also foretold. So Nebuchadnezzar is really going to be in three sections in the Old Testament. One, God is going to use him to punish the Israelite people because they were not doing what God had wanted them to do. Secondly, he was to punish all of the nations that had uh, striven against Israel and caused Israel a lot of consternation and warred with Israel. And then we find in Jeremiah that eventually God will destroy Babylon for the things that he, it had done that using idolatry and was evil in its own right. Look at Isaiah, the 55th chapter. Very familiar scripture there, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than, my thoughts than your thoughts. When we study Nebuchadnezzar, one of the things that should come forth to us is that God has a plan, and God does it his way. We may not understand, we may not know, 
what is his intention is. But we need to understand that God is God, and God does what God wants to do, and he has a plan, and he puts forth that plan, and it is accomplished in, in ways that we may not understand. In Romans 13 and 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but God, the powers that are ordained of God. We often in public prayers pray that leaders of nations realize that their power comes from God, for it does. All power comes from God. It is ordained of God for individuals to have that power. It is part of his plan, and we may not understand why, we may not be able to see the reason, but God is or has all power, and he gives it to who he wishes to. And in this case, he gave it to Nebuchadnezzar. Look at Matthew 6 and 9. In the Lord's Prayer at the beginning, it says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God reigns in heaven. And his will is in heaven, is done in heaven, but God reigns on earth and his will is done here too, eventually. In Jeremiah, the 21st chapter, that's where we're going to start really, about Nebuchadnezzar. We find that Zedekiah, the king, he sent emissaries to Jeremiah and said, I want you to come and petition God for us because the Babylonians and the Chaldeans are standing outside the gates of Jerusalem and we're about to have this big battle. Well, it says here that Jeremiah said unto these men that sinned, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands with which you fight against the king of Babylon and the Chaldeans who besiege you outside the walls and I will assemble them in the midst of this city. I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even anger and fear and great wrath. I will strike the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast. They shall die of a great pestilence. That wasn't what Zedekiah was thinking was gonna, that Jeremiah was going to say. God said, I am going to fight you myself. Fighting against God and you will never win. Continuing there, it says, And afterwards said the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, his servants and the people, and such as left in this city from the pestilence and the sword and the famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life, and he shall strike them with the edge of the sword. He will not spare them or have pity or mercy. He said, Once the city has been sieged and People die of the city of pestilence, starvation, disease. Then I'm going to give Nebuchadnezzar a free reign. He will come with a sword and destroy what is left. In the 25th chapter, skipping down a little bit, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Because you have not heard my word speaking to the Israelite people, Behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, saith the Lord, and Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon my servant. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar was an idolater. He was a heathen. But he was God's servant. God set him up to do this to Israel. 
and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, and against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them and make them an abomination, a hissing, and a perpetual desolations. Skipping down a little farther, it says, I have made the earth, the man, and the beast that are on the ground by my great power and my outstretched arm, and have given it to whom it seems proper to me. It's God speaking of himself. And now I have given all these lands in the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beast of the fields I have also given him to serve him. So from these verses of scriptures, we realize that God had a plan for Nebuchadnezzar, and he set Nebuchadnezzar up. Nebuchadnezzar was a heathen, an idolater. But he set him up to do his will. He began, he said, so all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's sons until the time his land comes and then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And it shall be that the nations and the kings, kingdoms which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish, saith the Lord, with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence until I have consumed them by my hand. Remember, we started out by saying Nebuchadnezzar was going to punish the Israelite people for not doing God's will. And then he was going to punish those nations around Israel that had gone to war with Israel and caused Israel a lot of problems over the history of time. And if you look in Jeremiah chapters 46 and 49, they're actually listed one after the other. And God said, Nebuchadnezzar is going to go out and conquer Egypt. The Philistines, the Moabs, the Ammons, the Edoms, and so on. He's going to conquer all of these people because I have set him up to be my vengeance on these people. And Nebuchadnezzar had a huge kingdom. The kingdom included the kingdom of Israel, but it included all of these other lands that he went and destroyed and fought against. And was successful, because why? Because God set it up for him to do. It was God's plan. So let's just talk a little bit about Nebuchadnezzar himself, now that we've set up what God had set up for him to do. We all know the dreams that Nebuchadnezzar had. And in Daniel, the second chapter, we find that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about a statue. And he told his astrologers and his magicians to come and, first of all, I want you to tell me what my dream was and then interpret the dream for me. Well, the magicians and astrologers and wise men of the time said, That's, we can't do that. You tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. He says, no, if you're going to tell me what it means, you better first tell me what it is. Well, no man can do that. We know that Daniel went to God and he prayed to God and said, God, give me the answers. In, in humility, he praised God because God told him not only what the dream was, but what it meant. And so he was able to come to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was a man with hot temper, as we'll talk about here in a minute. He'd already said that since, if no one can interpret, if no one can tell me what the dream is or interpret it, I'm going to kill you all. You're all going to die. Well, Daniel came and saved them all because God had given him the information about what was there. And if you read in chapter 2 and 37 to 49, the image is revealed and it looks something like this. This is an artist's rendition of it. And like I said, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the dreams per se, but 
Nebuchadnezzar was the golden head, and below him were the various pieces of the body, and those very pieces of the body were various kingdoms that would come after Nebuchadnezzar. It's a very interesting book to read because it is very detailed of the various tribe, of the various kingdoms, and they're named. The Medes and the Persians and the Grecian and the Roman and so on, they're all named. But they happened hundreds of years after Daniel died. And yet God gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream and Daniel the interpretation thereof. It's important for us to notice, though, that the top of the head, the golden head, was Nebuchadnezzar himself. But look what Nebuchadnezzar did. We said, you know, he was sort of a hothead, and he'd already said he was going to kill everybody that couldn't tell him what the dream was. But once Daniel told him the dream, Nebuchadnezzar became very humbled. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel and commanded that he should offer obligations or... uh, sacrifices and sweet odors unto him the king answered unto Daniel and said of truth it is that your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and revealer of secrets seeing that couldest thou couldest reveal this secret now when I read this and was reading through it for the lesson one of the things that came to my mind was Nebuchadnezzar praised Daniel and praised Daniel's God but he didn't say this was the only God he just, the best of the gods. We have all these other gods over here. We're idolaters and we worship all these other gods. And yes, your God, Daniel, is an important God, but it's just another God. So even though he was impressed with what Daniel could do and that Daniel's God, he didn't give God the credit of being the only God. He just gave him the credit of being one of the best gods. You can see that very quickly because in the next chapter, Nebuchadnezzar builds a golden statue of himself and says, everybody's going to bow down and worship my image. They're going to worship me. We talked about this a little bit this morning if you were here. The king made an image of gold. It was uh, three score cubics tall, or that would be 90 feet tall, and the breadth would be about nine foot wide. And it set on the plains of Dura in the province of Babylon. And he put out a pro- proclamation. That proclamation was, you, at the sound of all the musical instruments, you will bow down and worship me. So he didn't just make, he just didn't understand that God was God. But he should also be worshipped. We know the account there. We, we talked about it this morning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, we're not going to worship you as a god. Nebuchadnezzar, hot-tempered, fast to react. He said he was full of fury. And the form of the vintage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it want to be heated. I'm going to burn them up because they have ignored by decree and they're not going to worship me we know the account right Uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they went into the furnace the fire didn't hurt them Nebuchadnezzar called them out and they came out of the furnace and he was not, not the hair wasn't singed the clothes didn't smell like fire and so what did Nebuchadnezzar say 
he spake, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angels and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own, their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language should speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sword. Did he say he's the only God? No, he just said that this God is so important that there's no other God that I know of that can do what he does. So still... Nebuchadnezzar was an idolater. Nebuchadnezzar believed in all kinds of gods. He just believed that the, the god of, of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was just one of the more important ones. Beginning in Daniel, the fourth chapter, Nebuchadnezzar start, starts a narrative in first person, he wants to write down and tell people what he has learned in his life after this point. And if you notice, it's first person, Nebuchadnezzar the king, unto all people, nations, and language that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied in you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonder that the high God has wrought toward me. The high God, the best God, but not all the gods. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. Skipping down there, he has another dream. And he tells it again here in first person. Thus were the visions of my head and my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth. And the height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong. And the height thereof reached unto heaven and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. He had this other dream, and he's writing down, he said, this is a dream I had, and eventually he calls Daniel, and Daniel interprets the dream. Part of the dream was is that the, the tree that grew up was strong, but it got cut off, and the trunk was left, but the tree itself had fallen down. Daniel said, it is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong, for thy greatness is grown, and reaches unto heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. That was the tree. And it had the birds and the fields, and the animals got shade under it. It was a great, mighty kingdom, but it was cut down. The roots were left, but the tree was cut down. His kingdom was taken away from him for a while. And that's what Daniel told him. He said, your, your kingdom is going to be removed from you, from this dream. And Daniel tells him, he says, you can't do anything. The dream is going to come true. But he warns him and says, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thy iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, it may, if it may be by lengthening of thy tranquility. He says, if you will break off from your sins, you will... Treat the poor correctly, and you will do those right things. He said, your kingdom's going to be gone away from you, but maybe it will be stretched out a while before that happens. That's what Daniel said. It wasn't very far, though, very long thereafter. 
that Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4 and 30 said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the words were in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. We know the account there, how that the kingdom was taken away from Nebuchadnezzar, and he was, I, I guess we can say he was mad, he was crazy. They sent him out into the fields, and he lived as a wild animal, and he lived out under the dew, of the, of the, under the stars, with dew on his back. And remember, Nebuchadnezzar is telling this story. This happened to me. Whoops. Let's not kill it. But then Nebuchadnezzar says, At the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. I praised and honor him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is the generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will with the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? When Daniel interpreted the dream of the statue in the beginning, Nebuchadnezzar gave God praise as a god. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar gave their god praise as a god. Here we find that when Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes from heaven and his understanding returned to him, he blessed the Most High. And he said, and he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Nebuchadnezzar had finally figured out there wasn't but one God, and that was God. This man who was a heathen, an idolater, was set out by God to punish Israel and to destroy the, the kingdoms around Israel that had caused Israel consternation and war and battle. He did that. His kingdom was taken away from him, but when it was given back to him, what did he realize? God is God. So I think in these character studies, as we've done here with Nebuchadnezzar, there are many things we can learn. Nebuchadnezzar was a, a hothead that made rash, made rash decisions. Those decisions always cost him. But in the end, he realized that God is God. I hope there's been something of a lesson this afternoon for you to think about in the coming week. This has not been a lesson of first principles, but we offer an invitation as we always do. If there's someone subject to the gospel call, we ask you to come as we stand and sing two, song, two verses of the song selected.